sometimes you have to go back to actually move forward. So after a long-awaited summer of no football, we're going back, back to where it all started. The wait is over. We start in Titty City, where Aaron Rodgers wasn't acting like himself on his ayahuasca journey to Minnesota. Esto must have felt like he was hallucinating on Sunday because MDMAJ Dillon was the only Packer who had a good trip. Cole Swindell Komet was just chilling it in Will's lineup, but it didn't matter because this team is an absolute wagon and you Justin Herbert here first. Esto is starting to write his stand-up routine after waking up Monday morning saying, Will Reimer Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Well, 149.6, Esto, 71.8, oh, no. <laughs> what? Next, we head to Ashland, America, where Osh was yelling, Blue Jay Country, let's ride, all night on Monday. Osh got called in for jury duty. Scratch that, Jerry Judy. And the jury found the defendant, represented by the law firm Elliott and Montgomery, guilty on two counts of intent to deceive the deaf boys. Osh refused to let Brandon Cooks, or let James Cook, but all he needed was to let Russ Cook to win this one. SWAT team Nate did not look like himself on Sunday, and he is considering holding his entire team hostage inside Plainsman Hall next week, as he attempts to appeal this week's decision, which will be picked up by the commissioner next week. Osh, 131.1. Nate, 111.1. We now head to the rematch, where it was Jacob who defended his bus in the matchup that mattered way less. Kyler Murray was without Nuke Hopkins in Nuketown, but he still managed to lead Jacob into the gulag on double points weekend. Jalen Swaddle said night-night to lighting, and his low-T Higgins didn't generate any Chubba Hubbards after looking at this roster. Kiss Cam Akers friend-zoned lighting on the big screen, and the only person's swag who's been stolen is his own. Lighting will have to wait another week to try and find his first win, and you can be sure we'll hear a bing-bong once he gets it. Jacob, 106.9. Lighting, 95.8. Standing on a corner, Dr. Karloff, Minnesota. Such a fine sight to see. It's Mahomes, my lord, driving a beat-up Ford after the hell took out Los Laramie. Come on, Derek, you look generic. I need more points from you next week or I'll become hysteric. I can't start to understand. How Mahomes scored more than Josh Allen, but then Rashad Bateman went barbaric. Tenny goes marching, 145, loaf, 117.1. Last, we head to the league office, where Z-Tech and his team of Nick Richublicans tried to storm the Capitol and overthrow the commissioner. But Sloan had the Broncos at his defense. And Mike Pence Williams said, we do not condone the actions of the Centennial Meat House after doing absolutely nothing to contribute to this campaign. 
J.L. Vontae Williams was almost imprisoned by Sloan after about fumbling away his chances at the goal line. But his monster fourth quarter got him out on bond. And this week's he's on the cover of the Rolling Sloans. Sloan, 109.2. Z-Tech, 104.9. Some spread. Tick, 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 tick. Tick, 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 tick. All right, weed whackers. Week one is over. And mama, there goes that man. Trevor Lighting. Another big trade, league-altering trade. Uh, he's done it again, boys. It feels like a panic move, but I don't really know that it is because it almost forced his hand. Cam Akers gooses him week one. Um, you know, third-round pick just literally gets no tick in the entire, like almost the entire game. And then Elijah Mitchell goes down, and he's out for like a month, two months, something like that. So kind of forced Trev's hand here, and I don't hate the trade for Trev. I like the trade for both parties. Loaf comes out with the best player in the trade, Devontae Adams, and Loaf's lineup now is, I mean, his starting lineup is just a wagon. It's it's probably 1-1 of starting lineups in the league. I, it kind of He lost some depth, so, you know, if one guy goes down, if Derrick Henry gets hurt, God forbid – you know, it could completely ruin the season. But if these, if this core stays healthy, Loaf, Loaf has a real shot. Um, he's got a phenomenal lineup. And for Trev, you know, you get two running backs, give up one. And arguably, you get two run, better running backs than you gave up in Miles Sanders and Clyde. Two starting running backs. Um, you know, you give up Damian Harris, who doesn't really catch passes. He's kind of in a timeshare with Ramondre Stevenson. So... Ramon Goat, sorry, Stephen Goat. And, you know, and then he gets Deontay Johnson, who's a phenomenal receiver, obviously has a a kind of a quarterback question, but he's a PPR monster. So I like the trade for Trev, too. He he adds depth. He gets two running backs, which he desperately needs. And, you know, Loaf, Loaf, this is an chips in the middle of the table kind of move. He's putting all of his chips into the middle of the table. He's all in. This is a championship move for Matt Karloff. He's tired of getting second place, being the bridesmaid, never the bride. So here comes Matt Karloff. Um, Aside from that, week one, I think it was really good. You know, it's easier to say that when you win. But, you know, we had a couple matchups come down to Monday night. Sammy and I came down to the fourth quarter Monday night. I had three Roster slots going, and, you know, the defense, kicker, Javante Williams combo uh, got her done. And then Osh Nate we thought was going to come down to Monday night, and then Russ throws the 60-yard bomb to Judy right away, and that game's over. I think Osh won by 20 points, so it really wasn't all that close. And then Jacob and Lighting had a cute little Monday night fling where – it never really materialized. Jacob kind of just had that matchup in the bag. Uh, and then the other two were over long before Monday night. So good week one. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is the three-word game. I like to play this after week one. Just kind of where each team is 
right now. Um, it, it, all of these could be overreactions, but I like to do it after week one. And I'll just go straight down the standings. So, Will Reimer, three words. Puckered, tight end. Uh, nice little goose for Cole Komet in Will's tight end slot, and it could be a real problem for him. The rest of his lineup went off, and I think this is a, a top three lineup. I think his lineup is so good. And there's just one hole, and it's tight end. Uh, and maybe Cole Komet, I know he was a really trendy kind of offseason pick, but, you know, not, not a lot going on from Cole Komet in week one. And it was, like, downpouring in Chicago, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I think Will might have a real problem at tight end this year, and we'll see what he does. Uh, so pucker tight end, Will Reimer. Jesse Tenney, insufferable yet again. I think it's going to be a different year, same story for Jesse. He kind of parlayed last year's really good year into a great keeper, a great draft position, and a solid draft. So I think he's going to be absolutely insufferable again. I think he's going to be right in the mix at the very end, maybe even get a bye going into the playoffs. Um, I think this is a really good team. You know, Josh Allen, Chris McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Samuel, those three guys right there are going to take you a long way if they stay healthy. So I think it, we're just setting ourselves up for Jesse Tenney to be insufferable. Aaron Oshner, solid all around. There's not a hole in this roster. He's got a good quarterback. He's got a good tight end, good receivers, good running back. There's no holes. And I said after the draft, I thought this was a really good team, and it is. And he's even got depth on his bench. Like, this team could go a long way. He's just solid. I think he's going to be that guy that, like, scores a very consistent amount of points every week and just racks up Ws. So, solid all around, Aaron Oshner. Sloan K. Who's catching balls? Because in week one, it was no one. Mike Williams, two for 10. Allen Robinson, one for 12 with two targets. Just a disgusting showing from this wide receiver room. And I don't know who's going to catch balls for this team, but it doesn't look like, it doesn't look very good after week one, that's for sure. Um, And I knew, you know, I didn't draft a wide receiver until the fifth round. So I knew that that was going to be the weakness. But these guys that I, that I kind of laid out for uh, didn't didn't show up in week one. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Jacob, better than expected. I think, you know, we all kind of wrote Jacob off after the draft. We all, nobody was really impressed with his draft. He showed up in the PW podium a couple times. I still don't like the tight end thing. But Jacob says, they tried to write me off. I didn't write back. Little uh, Geno Smith Monday night for you. Jacob ain't writing back. And this, I think this roster is better than, better than anyone's giving it credit for. He's got a really good starting lineup. And even a couple of his bench guys went off, which I thought depth was going to be his issue. I don't know that it is. I think this is a good team, and I think he could make some waves, you know, down the stretch. Uh, Matt Karloff, schedule reversion incoming. Is this the year that Matt Karloff finally has schedule reversion? And, you know, the the Cochran Woods archives confirmed the fact that Matt Karloff has had the easiest schedule in this league's history. So is this the year that it comes back? And week one certainly did. 
you know, 145 points from Tenney, and Loaf takes the L. But is this the year? I mean, his team's phenomenal, but maybe it's one of those Will Reimer years where where he scores a bunch of points and just gets outscored every week. Frustrating week one, I'm sure, for Loaf, but hey, what do you do? Nate Meter, running backs matter. I, I said it last week. I didn't love his running backs. Elliot Montgomery, the law firm, did not come through in week one. They very much let him down. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like that going forward. Maybe I'm going to be dead wrong on this, but I just don't like Nate's running backs. He was the one that kind of zigged when everyone else zagged in the first and second round. Everyone was stacking up, piling up running backs, which is what Nate usually does. This year, he went receiver-receiver, and is it going to bite him? I don't know, but I do know that running backs matter, and so Nate is still on watch. You have to win in this league to go off watch. You can't lose and then come off watch. I know he scored a decent amount of points, scored over 100 points, but you have got to win in this league, and so you've got to prove it to me that you can come off watch, that you can get a W and get yourself off of watch. I'm not going to do it for you. So, Nate, still firmly on watch. Sammy Zetek, sky's the limit. This team is really good. The roster's really good. He's got Godwin and Kittle hurt right now. When those guys come back, this is going to be a dangerous roster. He had his two, his, his little commander duo play really well in week one. And up and down the lineup, it's a good team. Brady kind of struggled in week one, which I don't expect that to, that to uh, be the case going forward. But this is going to be a really good team when guys get healthy. And that's kind of what Sammy does. He shoots. He, he, he takes big swings. He takes daddy hacks. And, you know, the Centennial Meat House isn't here to, to play it safe. Never has been. So I think sky's the limit for that team. Trevor Lighting. Same old problems. Um, Different year, same story. Same shit, different bathroom. It's the same. It's just like last year and the year before. He didn't have a great draft. Week one struggled. I think it gets earlier and earlier each year that he, he does this trade. This year it was after week one. I think last year it was after like week two, three, maybe even four. But... It's just the same old problems for Trevor Lighting. And, you know, he's going to fight and claw and scratch his way to try and be off of the punishment. But right now he's firmly on watch. He's going to replace Jacob on the watch. Um, I think Jacob proved it in week one. I think Lighting has has his work cut out for him. It's going to be an uphill battle for this team. But I think he can do it. He's still on watch. So track watch, run watch, I I don't have that one locked down. I don't have the stand-up one locked down either. I do know that the body watch or the bodybuilding competition is going to be crotch watch. I think it just, it it fits. Um, You're going to be in a Speedo, bronzed up, you know, very susceptible to people kind of finding some things out in the uh, crotch, you know, compartment. So... I think crotch watch, it just lends itself to this uh, punishment. And that's what I'm going with. Also, we have five teams right now in it for the the goose gooch watch. So keep that in mind. Um, Last but not least, Esto. Trouble in paradise. 
this this roster was paradise after the draft. Everybody was talking about how good this roster was. I thought it was phenomenal. Um, that, hey, some injuries here. CD losing Dak. Keenan Allen's hurt. I don't know. Trouble in paradise, maybe. 70 points in week one certainly isn't doesn't give you confidence going forward, right? But ultimately, I think the team will turn around. I just think right now there's a little trouble in paradise. Okay. That was it for the three-word game. Um, next, Loaf's Lock. Loaf is going to give me a lock every week. I'm going to put it on the podcast, put it on blast. We're going to hold him completely liable. We're going to keep his record. Loaf's Lock this week. Free money, he says. Seattle Seahawks plus eight and a half. Take that to the bank. Do what you want without information, but that is Loaf's Lock this week. And... Last but not least, I think we have to talk about it, um, the black shirt briefing. Boys, I do not feel good. I feel bad, actually. Uh, Georgia, a loss to Georgia Southern was not in the realm of possibilities when I looked at this schedule. So now we're one and two losses to Northwestern and Georgia Southern, which are two losses I didn't even have on the radar. And... It, it's scary hours right now for the black shirts. At least we got that drunk Scott Frost out of there. So that's a start. I think Mickey Joseph has some juice. Um, I was today years old when I learned that Mickey Joseph actually played for Nebraska. So I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, Scott Frost played for Nebraska. But I think we could beat Oklahoma this week, boys. And I don't want to give you false hope. You've had four years of false hope. You've had eight years of false hope with this program. But I really do think so. And I'm dangerously close to making Nebraska plus 11 my lock of the year. I'll let you know if I do it. I'm still crunching the numbers, but I'm dangerously close to pulling the trigger. I think they come out with some juice this week. The interim coach thing can go either way. But there's still a path to eight wins here, boys. And Mickey Joseph is our guy. So it might be a 5% chance for eight wins, but I'm holding on hope that I didn't just literally throw $200 into the trash can. So that's your black shirt briefing. I'm very scared. Hand is on the panic button, ready to press it. But I digress. Have a great week, everybody. Um, We have Chiefs Thursday, two games Monday. It's a great week to be great. So good luck to everybody except for the Deaf Boys. And let's have ourselves a season. Week one's over. The jitters are gone. The buildup is gone. And now it's time to just roll our sleeves up and get after it. Uh, League-altering trade this week. Phenomenal week for the podcast. And as always... Fuck you guys.